Yeah, it was a price round. We did it at 7.5 pre-money and we've uh, exponentially grown since then. We're, we're going to be ending this year with a top line revenue over 2 million and our ARR is going to be sitting at about 1.25 based on our, our prediction of what's going to happen by the end of this year. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is David Nadirjdin. He's a tech monkey with over 15 years of experience. He's intimately familiar with all aspects of project from concept to execution, now building MYR.io, a POS for limited service restaurants. David, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, well, why not? Uh, thank all you. Right. What, what is a limited service restaurant? Um, okay, well, <laughs> the number one point of a limited service restaurant is always think about the uh, one fundamental thing you pay before you eat. Right, a full service restaurant, you're sitting down, a waiter's coming, you're there to have a good time, and it's all about upselling. If you're looking at a limited service restaurant, the goal is how do I ensure to take as many orders as possible during either a morning rush, a lunch rush, a dinner rush, whatever rush it may be, but that's usually what happens. So anything that's limited service, you're going to be looking at how do I maximize the amount of orders I can input into a certain amount of window of time. How, minim- how can I minimize that? And then how do I output the results as fast as possible? So I am in airports all the time. And <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the one that shows up 20 minutes before takeoff and just challenges, just dares them to take off without me. And my favorite restaurants <laughs> in the airports are the ones where you sit down. I don't have to talk to any humans. I push some buttons on an iPad. I pay That's and then my it. food comes out. Is that what you're powering? Uh, we're power, we're powering that. We're also, we're, we're powering that and that's where it's going towards. But we're, what we're starting to see is that there's a huge niche in a huge segment of limited service restaurants that are simply not being, uh, catered to. They're still being catered to with old, they're not antiquated, but enterprise based solutions, you know, much like NCR or micros, they're not being catered to really fundamentally with, with cloud-based systems. And what, what it is, is Take, for example, any mom and pop type of pizza chain, right? Anybody who's still using a Casio cash register, they have a franchise across you know, the United States or Canada, 400 locations, and now they need to go into this digital world, which is today's reality, right? Everything has now changed, especially with the pandemics. That's like accelerated everything. But how do you now deal with this plethora of not just lineups out the door, but now you have orders coming in digitally. You have orders coming from third-party integrations, direct integrations, Uber Eats and Grubhubs and Postmates. And so David, you, who who are you, you replacing? Like, what, I mean, why doesn't Toast? Why doesn't Square? Why doesn't Par? What, you know, why does why doesn't Ordermark? Why don't they handle this kind of stuff? Well, because they've originally all started with well, okay, so let's let's go back a second. Square has started with fundamentally a general point of sale for everybody and anything, right? So they're they they're a point of sale that is all about a payments company. If you're looking at actual POS like Toast, like Lightspeed, like uh, Touch Bistro, for example, they were built and inherently servicing a full service market industry. So naturally, their technology stack didn't grow and evolve for what the actual limited service needs are. When we originally started about 12 years ago with the tech stack and the only the company's only been founded five years ago, we were approached. Wait, by... wait, how's that work? How did you start 12 years ago, but you were founded <laughs> well, five? 
Well, because I used to have my own digital studio and I used to develop a lot of applications and custom applications for different customers. And a third party, uh, third, a third wave coffee shop approached me and said, we want to build a POS. And that was the time when I said, why do you want to build a POS? I said, go get one. And they said, none of them are doing what we need to be doing. And this specific point of sale that they wanted was to say, we want to mimic what Starbucks has done. We want to mimic what, what McDonald's has done, right? McDonald's and Starbucks back then there were full service restaurants and chains. And when these, when these, I mean, I don't know if you remember still, when you walk into a McDonald's, you would have a cash register system. All of a sudden they switched over into their own best folk POS. They didn't look at full service restaurant technologies because those full service restaurant technologies were not answering to their pain points. Got right? it. And they built their own system. So basically what we ended up doing is building 12 years ago, a cloud-based POS that was solely focused on what McDonald's was trying to deal with, which is maximizing top line revenue, not dealing with a single like location at a full service restaurant, which is all what's a pizza. What's a pizza shop paying you all in today to monthly to use the technology on average? Uh, base price will go from 79 and we can go all the way to 299. I mean, it really depends. Everything's a la carte. Everything is, you know, you pay for what you need. And this is something that's very unique in our system because if you're well, David, hold on real quick. So what, what would you say the average? I mean, was the average, like, would the average be like 150 bucks a month, something like that? 129. 129. Okay. And, and is it just the is it just the flat SaaS fee or do you take a percentage of GMV as well? We take on the transactions as well if they're going to take payment services via our system. So we've gone agnostic, much like Vend has. So as a POS provider, we actually connect to as many different pay- payment terminals as possible because we can obviously get access into their lead generation, into their ISOs, into their agents that are actually have feet on the street and are talking to these chains that are talking to these restaurants that can then bring them onto our platform. How much GMV is are throwing through all of your deployed devices today? That's a good question. Uh, I wasn't prepared for that, but I would say north of 100 million right now. On an Monthly annual or annually? Annual. annual. Yeah. And, and that's across how many devices? Uh, we have 1,200 locations that are launched. And in terms of devices, most locations are averaging now two point of sale terminals. In general, okay, got it. So it's twenty four hundred devices that you've effectively shipped. Yeah. Um, interesting. Okay, yeah. let me get more of the backstory here, real quick, because some of the most successful SaaS founders, the ones IPOing today, they start off as an agency, like you did twelve years ago. So I love <laughs> your founding story, but I want to dive in because I see the big successes, but I also see founders build a big agency that just does a million a year, and they get addicted to that revenue. They never shut it down to build the bigger SaaS opportunity. So yeah. tell me about that. How big was your agency? Uh, and did you shut it down? We were, we were at 45 employees. I mean, we're from Canada. So obviously, you know, we're a little bit smaller than in the States, but we were, we got up to about 45 employees. We were doing everything from development to, uh, you know, everything that had to do with digital creative. So from emotion graphics to, you know, whatever, whatever was required around uh, a campaign on a digital side. And um, what was biggest revenue year across the 45 people? Uh, how much? 2.5 million annually. Okay. So that's not an easy thing to shut down. No, it's, it's definitely not an easy thing to shut down. Um, I shut it down because I just realized that I was going to burn out <laughs> as a founder because, you know, dealing even with, with my partner and had a great team, you know, when you're running 20 different projects, you're dealing with 20 different clients that have 20 different types of budgets, 20 different understanding of what those budgets are, of their, te- of their technical requirements, of their timelines, of their modifications. And it just never ends. It's just, it's a continuous cycle that you're always chasing after the revenue. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense because the active capital is nice, but if I'm going to keep doing this well past my 40s, 
one, I, I hope I still stay relevant. And two, I can't, I want to have the energy to keep chasing active passive, uh, active mm-hmm. capital. So I was like, okay, how do I turn this into a passive situation, right? Passive capital is obviously the name of the game, especially for SaaS. I mean, there's an active portion to it, but once you establish your baseline, you're making passive capital, right? Like the, the, the sweetest industry that I've ever seen is still uh, merchant services. Anything that's in payments is phenomenally lucrative because- Totally, totally. Yeah, so, so Close out the agency story though. So what did you, did you shut it down? Um, I shut it down with my partner. We both, we decided to part ways. He wanted to go into a gamification type of SaaS model. And I wanted to go down this path, which was- Did you have to buy this technology from him or did he let you take it? No, we built it for a specific customer and that customer, I ended up buying it from him. Oh, I see. Interesting. Yeah. Smart. Okay. So what does the cap table look like today? Did you own hundred percent at the beginning of the SaaS company? Um, I owned about 90% with, okay. with certain partners. And then now we're still with my two, like two found, like, I guess, co-founders when we decide to go serious about this, we're now sitting still at 75% equity. Everybody else is sitting in a common shares. We have some great investors that came in. Uh, one of our investors is Lester Fernandez, who's the co-founder of Pivotal Payments, co-founder and CFO of Pivotal Payments. They went public, uh, about, I think a couple of years ago, maybe a little bit more at a $5 billion market cap there. They used to be Nuve. Now they're a payments company called Pivotal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he invested into us. He sees, he sees what we're trying to do. And what we're trying to do is we're, we're we don't have delusions of grandeur. We're not looking to go after square or, or toast or any of that. What we're trying to do is become an ISV that a payment acquirer is going to want to work with. That's what's ISV. Be- so, uh, uh, independent software vendor, basically. Okay, got so it. Big, and big, and just know, to be clear, just to round up the equity story real quick. So, you guys own seventy five percent today. Investors own twenty five percent. How much have you raised to date? Uh, One point two five, and we're Who's currently raising our Series A at five million. Okay, hold on. So, this is a lot to unpack. You raised one point two million in what year? Uh, last year. Okay, so twenty during COVID. Wow. Okay, so oh, yeah. what was that a priced round? Yeah, it was a price round. We did it at seven point five pre money, and we've uh, exponentially grown since then. We're we're going to be ending this year with a top line revenue over two million, and our ARR is going to be sitting at about one point two five, based on our our prediction of what's going to happen by the end of this year. Um, but most fascinating number that we have, and this is during COVID and during the pandemic, is that our net churn is less than two percent annually. Got it. So, uh, okay, got it. So, on an annual basis, your net dollar retention is ninety eight percent. Yes, I see. And when you say that you're raised one point two on a seven point five pre, was that the right valuation, or do you regret it looking back? Um, no, I don't, because uh, time was of the essence, right? We we had we could have started to play that game and negotiate and everything, but. It was a fair round. It allowed us to do what we needed to do. It allowed us to prove that um, during that raise, we actually got to positive EBITDA during COVID. Um, so we proved to ourselves that we can do either of two things. We can either wind down the growth and generate cash, or we could start to raise more and generate value, right? So we're really in a sweet spot um, in, in what's happening right now. And, and the most important thing is that most of our sales, most of our client base we shifted from SMBs because everyone starts with SMBs, right? Individual, independent locations. We are now closing more franchises and multi locations than we are SMBs. So on, we have we're just shy over twelve fifty, uh, sorry, twelve hundred locations. Less than a third of that are actual customers. 
right? So it shows that we are really in that sweet spot of multi-location management. Sorry. So when you say 1,200 locations, you're saying there's 400 brands paying you on average three locations. Correct. I see. So 400 brands, you're doing $120,000 a month today in revenue? Uh, we're Yes, exactly. We're, no, a little bit less because we're still in, a, in November now. And yep. we're going to know our numbers by the end of January because what we do, because we collect SaaS, which is our internal, we also make money on hardware, of course, it's a necessary evil, but we also make residuals on merchant services. And we always receive those residuals a month later. So we're always okay. one, one month behind. Got it. So maybe like 100, 110 right now, but where were you exactly a year ago? Uh, we were at less than half of that. Okay. So maybe like 50, 50,000, something like that. Uh, we ended the year at 48,000 actually in, in monthly recurring revenue. Okay. Got it. So nice growth, hundred percent year over year growth. You're raising 5 million now. What valuation are you targeting? 20 million pre-money. Do you think you'll get it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We actually have two, two partner acquirers in the United States that are looking at our file carefully right now. Uh, we already have two VCs that want to follow not as leads because they finish all of their rounds uh, as leads um, this year. Um, so we're, we're open to talking to different people that want to hear our story and where we want to go. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products. That's plural forward slash valuations. Again, both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations. Raising five on 20 pre or 25 post would mean you're selling 20% extra of the business, which means your 70% would now go down to something closer to 58, 57%. Why do you want In to take total. that dilution? Um, because right now is the opportunity for us to grow. If the, the longer, like, like I said, the longer that we delay, we can, we can start to generate a healthy profit and just be a company that, you know, grows steadily. But now is an, a massive opportunity for us. We're starting to see that like, no, just to put it in perspective, we, we just started to send our sales reps across the country in Canada. How many sales reps do you have? Uh, six. Paid and, quota? Yep. Paid, uh, okay. paid quotas and commissions and everything. And we have only two customer success people. That's how simple our system is to use. What we started to, what we started to leverage is, look, we started to go to franchise shows with our sales team and no one's there. No, no one's approaching these franchises. No one has... No one seems to have the offering that we have, which is, which is, you know, it's interesting and unique and definitely humbling, but at the same time, it's like, well, are we going to, are we going to like take the time and negotiate or are we going to raise and grow the, grow this makes, company? Makes sense. I get it. A couple of rapid fire things here as we wrap up team size today. How many full people? 24 people. How many engineers? Um, seven. Tell me, including myself, maybe eight. <laughs> All right, fair. Tell me real quick about the IoT play. You advertise a free iPad if they pay annually up front. How do you make money on hardware? So, so other than other than the iPad, and iPad is only if they have specific criteria that they're uh, eligible for that. But we make money because we're we're dealing with uh, only two uh, suppliers. We have Blue Star, 
and we have Apple. So what we're doing is we invoice, we obviously making a markup on that. And what's great is that we don't have to deal with any of the RMAs. Furthermore, all of our installations are not done by us. There's a third-party company that handles KFC, Pizza Hut, uh, and Burger King across North America. So they do all of our installations. For wait, us. wait, wait, be specific. So a pizza shop signs up for you. They need to install two of these POS systems. What, what's that cost to install two POS systems, the hardware? Uh, less than less than four hundred dollars. Oh, and hardware wise, uh, hardware is on average. We're looking at a ticket size of maybe fifteen hundred to two thousand. If it's a brand new store, if it's already sitting on an iPad based system, obviously there's going to be less stuff to buy. Yeah, that's right? fine. That's fine. But the, the, yeah. but you charge the customer two grand, and how much does it? Do you actually build the hardware yourself, or you source it from Blue Star or someone else? We we source it from Blue Star. So Epson, APG, uh, APG cash drawers, iPad stands, Vault Pros. Uh, what does Blue Star charge you for those two devices? We're making we make forty percent on top. Oh wow! Okay, so on a two thousand dollar purchase, you're paying Blue Star twelve hundred, making a spread there of about eight hundred bucks to the SMB. Correct, and we don't even deal with the RMA, which is a really sweet position. I don't know what that is. What's the RMA? If something breaks down, they don't deal with us. They just deal straight with the Blue Star. Or oh, interesting. Okay, okay. And you've installed it's an in and out. Yeah. Now you've installed over 2000 times, like 2000 basically terminals, you said. So we can take 2000 times what 800 you've made almost 1.6 million there on the hardware spread. Yep. yep, exactly. That's impressive. Obviously not recurring, but it helps drive retention up. People aren't going to rip those out. No, they definitely don't. And they usually do a hardware swap every like three to four years. Oh, wow. Interesting. Okay. So 1.6 million made there. That helps fund your SaaS growth. Uh, SaaS, it sounds like it's growing nicely. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I've got most of the metrics here. You said nine. What, so Tell me about the iPad thing real quick, because it's basically CAC, right? So how much do they have to spend with you in that first year paid up front in order for you to spend 800 bucks on a free iPad? So what, we, so what we've actually done is the following. So we don't actually pay... We pay up front for the, the actual iPad, but what we ensure with the customer is that when they want, we call it, we call it a, an adapt, uh, like let's say customer, they want to go digital, they need an iPad really quickly. As long as they, this eligibility criteria, they're in business for two years. So we know that they're not going anywhere. They sign a personal guarantee. They pay us upfront one month. And then we add on top a monthly SaaS of approximately 15 to $20, which cover, and they pay for a year upfront. So we'll finance the iPad, but they're now our customer. And have you raised debt financing for the business to subsidize the iPad sales? Yes, we have. So we, we're financing ourselves with the BDC. We have now, we're now talking to SVB Bank that's now actually transitioned to Canada. So they're very aggressive, which is good for us. Um, and we in, and what's also great is that in Canada, we have a huge research and development fund. So most of our development is, is subsidized by the government. Yeah, shred financing, 60% kickback effectively, right? Exactly. I even have to B- 75 yeah, the BDC, some of the deals I've looked at with them helping Canadian founders raise, I've seen interest rates as low as 4%. Are you in that same range or a little higher because exactly. you're earlier? No, we're actually in that in that range. 4% interesting, very cool. Uh, All actually right. la- last year they gave us a they gave us a, a no no interest loan that we just have to yeah. pay monthly. God, you got to love government money. You got to love the printing press. Gotta, <laughs> yeah, well, who cares listen, about it inflation? Works, it works. Screw inflation. <laughs> I'm just going to stay exposed to Bitcoin and, you know, you guys keep printing money. All right. Yeah, that's right. David, let's wrap up with a famous five. Number one, favorite book. Um, that's a very good question. I would have to say Homer's The Odyssey. I'm a I'm a mythology freak. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, Elon Musk. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Meyer? Which basically, by the way, guys, stands for manage your rush. Uh, so, what do you mean by managing my rush? I, I, that's an interesting question. No, no, uh, no like your favorite, you... just your favorite tool for building. You know, what do you use the most? 
you know what's funny is that I'm an old school base camp. So 37 Signals would also be one of those books I would like to put <laughs> into the mm-hmm. first answer. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Um, I try to do six to eight. Okay. And David, situation, married, single kids? Um, girlfriend, no kids. Not married? I, no all kids. my employees are my kids. Fair, fair, fair. All right. And how old are you? Uh, 41. 41. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. What I know today. <laughs> Any, anything specific though? <laughs> um, you know what? It would be, I'm, I'm, I may probably people watching this will see that I'm, I'm kind of like a uh, jumpy, passionate, whatever, um, to take more time to before responding to any questions. Guys, there you have it. David founded myr.io back five years ago, spun it out of his agency, which was doing 2.5 million a year in revenue, 45 employees. Again, shut it down to build this SaaS tool because he likes the recurring revenue, doing $48,000 a month last year, growing to $110,000 a month now today. Nice growth, raised 1.2 million seed last year at a 7.5 pre, now raising five on a 20 pre. Hopefully, as they look to scale, they're making money both on SaaS and also installed devices, helping restaurants, small chains, coffee shops manage those POS systems, both online and in person. They've deployed 2,000 systems. They make about 800 per system in installed. So call it 1.6 million in revenue there as they continue to scale with their team of 24. David, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you so much.